Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome into downtown Chicago. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. It is that time, DePaul fans. It is demon time. I'm Caleb Nixon alongside Jack Thiel. Today we have our men's basketball team joining us as they prepare for a huge game this upcoming weekend. Starting off today's show, we have star forward Javen Johnson joining us to talk some DePaul hoops. Javen, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Yeah, we're excited to talk about this upcoming weekend for you and your team. Like we said, we got a big game coming up Saturday. But, you know, let's start by talking about the season up until this point for for both you and your squad. You know, this season it's been pretty up and down, um, dealt with some injuries as well to start this season, some unexpected ones. But, you know, we're starting to get healthier. We're starting to see this team that, you know, Coach Doublefield has really been trying to build. How have you guys been able to adapt up until this point? Uh, like you said, man, it's been pretty up and down uh, with the injuries. A lot of those were just really unexpected uh, coming into the year. Yeah, high hopes and uh, a lot of those, a lot of those, like a lot of key players weren't able to, you know, start up with us, but they're starting to get back right and get back uh, healthy. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future uh, of like where we're, where we got, you know, these next ten games and you know, on into March. Yeah, most definitely we're. Like you said, getting some players back and a lot to look forward to down the road here. Um, but, you know, let's talk about you, especially you've taken a big leap from your first year at DePaul. You saw, you know, limited action last year, only appearing in 10 games, but you've really grown in a lot of areas, including shooting better from three-point range and, you know, you're scoring north of 15 points per game this year. How did you prepare for this upcoming season and, and why are you seeing yourself succeed so much? Uh, I put a lot of time in the summer uh, working on my game uh, along with along with my teammates, uh, and I really really saw like good strides throughout the summer, and uh, I felt like I was gonna have a, a pretty big year coming to this year. Yeah, and Javen, you've had a really good year. So has your teammate Mo Gibson. You guys have been a dynamic duo. You both are averaging over 15 points per game and are truly leading this team. How have the two of you learned to play together to give your team the best shot at winning? Uh, it's been it's been like a little bit of a challenge at the beginning, like when we first got together in the summer and stuff. But uh, we quickly learned how to play together and kind of learned each other's spots and uh, on the floor. 
and learn what we're both good at uh, and kind of just learn how to feed off each other. I feel like we've grown uh, over the course of the year. Now, Javen, I don't know if you know this, but you actually played against Mo Gibson in your days with Iowa State in the Big 12 in that 2020-21 season. When Mo was at Oklahoma, you guys played three times. Now, after you found out he was transferring to DePaul, or even in today, what do you remember about those matchups with Mo? And do you guys ever talk about those games in the Big 12? Yeah, uh, I actually kind of talked after those, after those games, uh, just kind of saying how we, you know, acknowledging, not acknowledging each other, you know, each other's games because uh, we both kind of played. A, a good role on our on the on those last teams, uh, and he kind of liked my game. I kind of liked his, and we uh, like called each other on, on social media and stuff. And it was crazy to see it all come full circle and him end up coming here as well. Um, I guess it was kind of just meant to be. Does Mo ever brag that he beat you three times in that same year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, nah, he, he hardly ever brag. He he, he a humble person. Absolutely, and you know. We talk about that dynamic duo, and especially in one game we saw this year against Loyola Chicago, you two really put up, honestly, one of the best performances we've seen out of a duo here at DePaul. You know, you guys shot perfect in overtime. You scored every single point in overtime. Talk about that victory and, you know, what you guys were able to put together really in the second half of that game. Uh, that, was, that was a great win. Uh, really needed that win at that time as well. Um, I don't know if all you guys watched the game, but we were actually down at mm-hmm. halftime uh, a good good bit amount. So we really needed all those all those buckets that uh, <laughs> that me and Mo were getting uh, in the second half and overtime as well. Uh, so it was it was a great game, great environment. Uh, was happy to see them do well in that game and the team as well. Absolutely, one of the best games I've seen out of you two this season, but. Let's talk about another teammate of yours, the one that really just returned and is getting situated into this lineup, Caleb Murphy. His recent return to the court, you know, he's provided more depth at the guard position, and his talent has already been on display. What has it been like getting him back on the court? Man, it's been amazing. Uh, he was one of the guys that I was kind of referring back to earlier, uh, how we were, you know, bonded over the summer and had, had plans of him playing a lot of, uh, coming into the year. And so I'm really just happy to see him, you know, back out there doing what he loves to do and uh, and doing it at a high level and healthy. Uh, he's my roommate as well, so I talk to him every day. And uh, so it, it really, really makes me happy to see him do good. Yeah, and, you know, as he gets comfortable in this lineup and down the stretch of this season, what do you expect from him as he situates into that point guard role? Uh, he's just going to get more and more comfortable as the games go on. Uh, learn, learn the offense better, and learn the reads. And uh, I just, I just expect him to, to continue to grow and, and blossom. I know he's going to have some big games here down the stretch uh, as he, you know, works himself back into shape and stuff. Yeah, and you know, you talked about being roommates. Describe the bond that you guys have off the court. It obviously doesn't solely rely on the court, but you guys obviously will bond off the court as well, being roommates. How is that like, and how are you able to translate that off-court bond to the games? Uh, we're kind of working on it now. Uh, we kind of watch watch some of the film and stuff together, and uh, just you know, talk talk on the court. It's easy to communicate with them uh, on the court because you know we we spend so much time together off of it. 
And so uh, it, it's, it's really been a joy to, to have him back out there for real. Like I said, it's just really easy for me to uh, to talk to him. Yeah, and you talk about watching film together, but you know what else does an ideal like night look like in the Johnson Murphy room? I mean, video games, you guys watching some NBA, just chatting. What What's that night look like? Yeah, we play a lot of uh, 2K, a lot of FIFA. Uh, so we, we, we play the video games. That's mostly uh, what we do uh, for the most part when, we, when we're together at nighttime. So we you know, yeah. play the video game, me, him, they shine, and a couple of the other guys. Got to ask, Javen, who's your go-to team in 2K? Uh, I like Luka Doncic. I'm, uh, I like <laughs> the Mavs. <laughs> oh, come yeah. on, man. Well, obviously, yeah. you have a huge game coming up against Marquette this Saturday. The last time a ranked team came into the Wintrust Arena, you guys defeated them. But Marquette is a very tough opponent, and you guys have a quick turnaround from your previous game. How are you preparing for this matchup on Saturday? Uh, we're actually about, about to go to practice uh, here in a bit to prepare for our S that we had off. So uh kind of just was able to, to get, get our minds uh, back, you know, off basketball a little bit and just and get, them, get it back focused uh, for Marquette this Saturday. Uh, so we're going to go prepare today and uh, just, you know, continue to get ready as today is going down, getting ready this, for Saturday. Yeah, and this is a pretty big game also because it's told that the Winchester Arena is sold out for the first time in DePaul history. You know, as a player for the DePaul Blue Demons, what are you looking forward to to see from the fans as you walk into that Winchester Arena on Saturday? Man, that's amazing, for real. Uh, I've just seen it, like, not too long before I got on, on the phone with you guys that, they, that it was sold out, and uh, I'm really happy to see that, man. I can't wait to feel the energy and just uh, see all of the fans and all of the, our fans and the Marquette fans there. It's just really ready to, you know, feel that energy and mark at, at Wintrust and uh, get the win for us. And what's the message to the fans? You know, the game's two days away. It's a rival game. This is one that DePaul fans tend to take a little deeper to the heart. What is your message to them? Yeah, we're going to get it done for y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we love to hear. Well, Javen, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you Saturday. Of course, Radio DePaul Sports will have coverage. These two on the call, I'll be on play-by-play. -play. Jack Thiel will be by my side as the color commentator. But, Javen, like we said, thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing what you do Saturday and the rest of this season. Yeah, thanks, Javen. All right, I appreciate y'all, man. Have a good one. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with head coach Tony Stubblefield about this season and their upcoming matchup against Marquette. Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Oh! 
It's the Animal Stories News Team, Uncle Air and Little Tommy. Here's a chance for you to win a shiny new die. Oh, good. In the event of an emergency and you and your pet iguana have to evacuate, what's the quick way to carry your reptile out of the house? You have five seconds. Okay, let's see. If you have an iguana, I guess I'd carry Oh, I'm sorry. Your time's up. What? You stick your lizard in a pillowcase or a cloth sack. I was going to say that. Get more pet tips at ready.illinois.gov. Sponsored by the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome back to Demon Time for the second half of this January 26th show. We got some snow falling outside, but that's not going to stop us from talking to head coach Tony Stubblefield today. Coach, thank you for joining us today before you guys head out to the hardwood for, hardwood for some practice. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. We are about to practice here in about an hour, but I always make time for you guys. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Um, you know, we're looking forward to, obviously, this game upcoming on Saturday, a big game for, for you and your team, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But let's talk about the games and the season up until this point. We've talked about the setbacks and the injuries that have really been apparent so far, but what have you appreciated from your team and the guys that have been playing as we reach the midway point here in a Big East play? Well, you know, our guys have been very, very resilient. And, again, they fought every time that they stepped out there on that floor. They haven't made excuses. Um, guys have had to play out of position, and they haven't complained about it one bit. They put their best foot forward. And that's all I can ask of these guys. Again, a couple of these guys came here expecting to play a little bit of a different role than what they've been thrown into. But, hey, they've accepted it with open arms, and they went out there battling every time they stepped out there on that court. And they've been a very resilient bunch. Yeah, you talk about resiliency. You know, that's something we've seen from your teams in these first two years so far. But one of those players that has, you know, unexpectedly been out for a while now is Nick Ngenda. Uh, he's been he was great last year in his role, but you know what is his recovery process looked like with that wrist injury? Well, let me say this: Nick had one of the best summers and falls out of any player that I've been around in my 30-year coaching career. He worked extremely hard. He got bigger. He got stronger. His skill level had really improved. And three days prior to our first game, he takes a fall. He braces himself and he injures his wrist. And we think it's going to be a situation where he's out four to five weeks. He goes back to the doctor early December. We're thinking, hey, he's going to be able to get a splint. He's possibly going to be able to play. And they see a fracture in the wrist, and they have to perform surgery. So with all that being said, he went back to the doctor yesterday, finally had his cast removed, and is now in the process of doing the rehab, getting that, wrist stronger and it's now kind of a week-to-week thing so he'll be able to do a little bit today nothing physical but shooting ball handling with that hand and just rehab and try to get that wrist stronger so I'm hoping that Nick is able to come back in the next couple of weeks but it's all going to depend upon when he gets that strength back into that wrist yeah and you talk about him coming back hopefully within the next couple weeks as we wrap up, you know, Big East play and get towards the uh, Big East tournament as well. But, you know, is there any chance that we could see Nick redshirting this year and potentially coming that coming back and using that extra year as eligibility? 
Well, you know, that's something that Nick and his family will talk about. Um, obviously, we've had some preliminary discussions in regards to that. And what they've expressed to me is that, that if he can get back sooner than later, that they would like for him to play this year. And um, we'll just have to see how fast the rehab comes along and how fast that hand gets back active where he gets to strengthen that hand. But that ultimately will come down to Nick and his family making that decision. And um, as it stands right now, he has two years to play. Um, if he did redshirt this year, he'd have two additional. If he does play this year, he still have an additional year with the COVID year. Yeah, Coach. And, you know, as a head coach, you know what it's like when your team has injuries. The next man up. And that's been your and nay. What have you seen in the evolution of his game as he has stepped into that starting center role? Well, again, your has been great for us. And um, unfortunately, you know, yours had an injury this year. You know, he started off the year strong. Minnesota game, injured his foot. He was out right at about six weeks himself. So, you know, he had a really good preseason. He was in great shape. He suffers that injury against Minnesota. He loses his conditioning. He loses his timing. And I think now is just when it's really starting to come back. But, again, your hasn't had any complaints. It's been the next man up. Obviously, he's been asked to play a bigger role, and he's really stepped into that. I think he's only going to get better and better as the season goes along, as he gets his win back, his timing back, and so forth. Yeah, and one of the guys that actually came back from an injury recently was Caleb Murphy, the impact transfer from South Florida. He's only played three games, but, Coach, what does he bring to this DePaul team? Well, obviously, Caleb is a great athlete. He's very quick with that basketball He's one of the best in the country as far as getting downhill off the dribble. Um, he can guard multiple positions, and he's just a talented young man. And again, Caleb's a guy that's only been cleared for you know right up, you know at a week, so he's only going to get better and better. Again, he missed the preseason practices just because he had to had the procedure done on his hand. So the conditioning, just his timing. The more he's out there, I think the more comfortable he's going to get. Yeah, absolutely, and I think in that Xavier game at first, you could maybe saw some jitters, but really in that second half, he was able to take over on the scoring front and help you lead to a victory. But another guy that really helped you guys in that Xavier win, but overall this year has been Deshaun Nelson. You know, you guys are one of the oldest teams in Division One, but for Deshaun, he's still a junior, and he has been very pivotal in that six-man role. And in 2023, you could say he's been the six-man of the year in the Big East. When he is rolling, what does it mean for this basketball team? Well, it, it gives us a very, very big threat inside and outside with his ability to be able to stretch the defense from the perimeter, driving the basketball, attacking the rim, his athleticism. Um, he can block shots. I think Deshaun just brings so much to the table. And be honest with you, I don't think Deshaun realizes how good he is and how good he can be. But, again, there's an adjustment going from playing junior college basketball to playing in the Big East, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time, and I think right now he's really figuring it out, um, finding his niche, how he can affect the game, realizing the intensity, the pace of the game at this level. And I think he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, and Deshaun was one of those transfers. We saw a lot of them coming to the Paul team this year. You know, you got Ural Penn, uh, Kayla Murphy, like we just talked about, Mo Gibson, as a coach, when you accumulate all these transfers from different schools, what is key in trying to get them to play together? Well, it takes some time to build a cohesive unit 
And unfortunately, one of the issues we've had is, you know, they, they haven't played a lot of basketball together. Yes, we do have those transfers, but Caleb is just getting in the mix to get comfortable playing out on the floor with Mo Gibson and get comfortable playing with Deshaun. So, again, it takes some time to build a cohesive unit. Again, if we're fortunate enough to get Nick back, then it's going to take Caleb time to get comfortable playing with Nick. It's going to take Mo some time to get comfortable playing with Nick. So, again, we do have some pieces, but to be a cohesive unit, it, it, it just takes some time to get the wheels turning here, and hopefully we can get that done sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's something we'll see down the stretch here, especially with a ring team this Saturday and a ring team next Tuesday against UConn. We'll see how this team gels. But for you, Coach, it's very fascinating to watch you on the sidelines, in my opinion. You might be one of the most active coaches <laughs> I have seen in years. I mean, it looks like you're the sixth man out there. And then defend, you're, it seems like you're lower than your, your players are out there. Has that always like been a part of your coaching mantra, or is that something you learned over time? You know, that's just kind of a little bit of my DNA. You know, I'm, I'm an active person. You know, I, I get pretty into it. Um, I'm an enthusiastic guy. Probably got to slow down a little bit. Get, getting older now, so I got to probably quit being <laughs> so active over there. But that's just, you know, who I am. And I kind of want to take you know, our guys to take after me with the energy and just, you know, just give it all they got. And, you know, I want, you want them to see me giving it all I got on the sideline. And hopefully that carries over to them. But we are looking to these games. This weekend, we're going to have a great crowd at Wintrust. And when we get the students behind us in the city of Chicago, that's as tough an arena to play in as any arena in the country. Yeah, absolutely. But let's go back to your last game. It was a loss against Georgetown on Tuesday. And obviously that loss had a lot of social media presence just because Georgetown didn't win a Big East regular season game in two years. So it might have been a little more tougher than your average loss. But what was the message to your team in that locker room after that game with that quick turnaround and big-time matchup coming Saturday? Well, the message is if you don't come to play, you can get beat by any team in this league. You know, Georgetown um, has some very good pieces. um, And, you know, they beat us that night. You know, Patrick Ewing is doing a good job with his team. They have talent. And they just, you know, unfortunately put it together against us that night. So if you don't come to play in this league, every time you step out there on that floor, you are capable of getting beat. With that being said, if we come and we put our best 40 minutes ahead, our good solid 40 minutes, we have a chance to beat anybody in this league. But it goes both ways. You got to, um, when you step on that court, you got to come prepared to play and give it your all for 40 minutes. And if you don't, you got a chance to get beat. And i got to ask, kind of what were your takeaways from that performance, even though it's a loss, but what were some bright spots that you're really going to take into this week and practice today? Well, you know, I, I think we did a decent job of sharing the basketball with our assists. Um, we didn't turn it over too much. We still did have a couple of turnovers to me, of unforced turnovers. We did a better job on the board, but we still have to do a better job. But, you know, we shot the ball well, I thought, and I think that has a lot to do with us sharing the ball, making the extra pass. But we still got to get better defensively of getting more locked in, and we still got to do a better job on the board. So, again, we did do some good things, but we did a lot of things that we got to get better at as well. Most definitely. And, you know, you talk about being able to bounce back, what that message was for the team. And, you know, we just spoke with Javen, and he talked about the off day that the guys had yesterday to get their mind right and obviously prepared for this upcoming game. We're interested to hear what that off day looks like for you. You know, do you reflect on the film from Georgetown? Do you start getting prepared for Marquette? What does that day look like for you and your coaching staff? 
Well, it doesn't look like much sleep at all. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. You know, because it's a combination of both, because I have to go back and really watch that Georgetown film to see the things that we must improve on, that we got to get better at, to see the things that we did well, and then bringing guys in, watching film with them, going over their minutes so they can see themselves, because the film don't lie. You know, you can say things and guys can kind of him haul with you and go back and forth sometime. But once they see themselves on film, the film does not lie. With that being said, we got to get prepared for Marquette. So, you know, again, going over that Georgetown game, looking at the things we got to improve on in that, and then getting ourselves ready for Marquette by starting to watch some film on them, watching their personnel, and seeing exactly how they're playing. Yeah, and as we get down the stretch, you know, the closer we get to that end, the more pressure there is seemingly to put together some victories Obviously, getting into March, that's when you want to do it the most. But how are you able to clear your mind and, you know, take some time to relax so you can still put your best foot forward as the head coach of this team? You know, one thing I think that helps me is I really like to work out and I like to stay active. So just going for a run in the mornings, getting some exercise, that, that really helps me out it's as far as clearing my mind, um, getting the clutter out of my mind for an hour, hour and a half and getting, you know, refocused again. So them, them workouts in the morning are very, very crucial for me. Absolutely. And, you know, let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming game this Saturday. We're going to have a couple days here for you guys to prepare, Thursday and Friday. But this game is on Saturday afternoon. Marquette, their winners are seven of their last eight. They're tied for second in the Big East standings, and obviously they're ranked 16th in the country as well. How are you? How is your team preparing for this tough matchup in a rivalry game? Well, I tell you what, they're a very well coached team. They're a very well connected team. You know, they're, they're one of the better teams in the country. They really understand they, their role. They understand who they are as a team. And we're going to have to come out and put our best forty minutes of basketball up to this point of the year together for us to have a chance to win that game on Saturday. So, again, we're going to have to really defend. We're going to have to rebound the basketball. And we're going to have to get it done on the defensive end. And um, we're going to have to play hard. You know, it's a rivalry game. Our guys will be aware of that. And um, it's going to definitely be a war. We're going to have to put our best foot forward to give ourselves a chance. And rivalry game, you know, there's a few of those that we have. Loyola, Chicago being one. You could say Northwestern as well being around this area. But when we come to conference and – there's not as many local teams or as close teams, but Marquette is obviously the closest being in Wisconsin and only about an hour, hour and a half away. What is it? I'm interested to hear how you and your players view this rivalry. You know, fans always tend to take it a little deeper to the heart. You know, there's some grit and grind when they're ready for the game. But how do you view it as a coach, and how do your players view it when you step on the court in a, in a rivalry game? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't view it a lot different than any other game in the Big East. You know, every time you step out there on that floor in the Big East, it's going to be a challenging game. It just happens to be that this is Marquette. This is the school that's a little um, closer in, in regards to proximity. But um, it's just a, another game, the next game up on the schedule, and a big game for us. It's a very important game. Most definitely, and. We're going to wrap it up here talking about something that has not happened in DePaul history yet. According to the athletic department, your team, and obviously the athletic department as well, has sold out Wintrust Arena for the first time in program history on Saturday. 
What are you expecting from the fans when you enter that arena on Saturday afternoon? Well, well I tell you what, I, I've been in Wintrust Arena with some great co- crowds by watching the Chicago Sky in there. We've had some great crowds in there, but to see a sold-out Wintrust Arena will be amazing. Again, in my opinion, it's one of the best arenas out there in the country. It's going to be extremely loud, and I think it'll be a great six-man for us. You know, have our students out there and our fans out there. So we're excited and really looking forward to it on Saturday. Well, as Jack said, you, you're an apparent sixth man as well, so I guess we'll have a couple of those on Saturday. But we, we also, might have seven then. We might have seven. <laughs> seven V5, be ready, Marquette. But, you know, we want to we wrap it up, too, with you giving your message to the fans. You're obviously going to step in. Uh, the last time you were home, you defeated number 8-ranked Xavier. What is your message to the fan as you bring in another top 25 team to win Trust Arena on Saturday? Just the biggest thing is, hey, we appreciate all the support. Really looking forward to them coming out on Saturday and getting behind this team. And our best basketball is yet to come. We want to make the city of Chicago proud and DePaul University proud of this team. We love to hear that, not only at Radio DePaul Sports, but also as DePaul alum and DePaul fans. Coach, Thank you for joining us today and taking the time right before practice to talk some DePaul hoops with us and give us some insights into your team. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. You guys have a good one. Absolutely. And like we said, Radio DePaul Sports will be covering the game this Saturday with myself, Caleb Nixon, on the play-by-play and Jack Thiel on the color call. We look forward to that game, and we look forward to seeing all Blue Demon fans at Wintrust Arena on Saturday afternoon. That's going to do it for this episode at Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This was Demon Time on January 26th. We'll see you next week. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection.